Welcome back to wherever you may be, part of the 90 Min Podcast Network. Once again, I am joined by Chris. Chris, we we do say on this on this podcast, just as Chelsea fans in general, we just wish for one normal day as a Chelsea fan. Um, today is not it. The last couple of days haven't been it. Um, I think we have to start with the news that's broken today um, on the day of recording, and that is that Chelsea, of course, ahead of the FA Cup uh, quarter-final with Middlesbrough um, requested that the game be played behind closed doors after the government didn't allow any more away fans to purchase tickets. Um, before I get your opinion on that, which I think I know what it's going to be, I'm, I'm just going to read out the um, the Middlesbrough response to this because they have actually put out a statement um, as well. Chelsea, of course, used the reasoning as, as sporting integrity. Um, so Middlesbrough have said a statement from Middlesbrough FC. Um, I said, we are aware of Chelsea's request to have Saturday's Emirates FA Cup sixth round tie played behind closed doors and find their suggestion both bizarre and without any merit whatsoever. Um, so it goes on to say, given the reasons for these sanctions for Chelsea to seek invoke sporting integrity as reason for the game being played behind closed doors is ironic in the extreme. We currently await formal notification, but rest assured Middlesbrough FC will resist Chelsea's actions in the strongest terms. Um, Chris, this isn't what Chelsea need right now, is it? No, no, not at all. It's probably um, the worst possible timing they, they could have thought of. I'm, I'm not I'm not 100% sure what the thinking is. Um, you can only assume that maybe they're, they're trying to apply some pressure to the government. Um, maybe they want to sort out this, this license quickly. And obviously they want fans to be able to be to be present as soon as possible because i think one one thing is clear from this is that obviously we know the way football works but the fans shouldn't be the ones being punished necessarily um but yeah i mean the, the timing of this uh, when it has nothing to do with, uh, with liverpool middlesbrough whatsoever um when the world is sort of against us anyway and, and we need to be seen to be doing the right thing and doing good uh, to request that home fans don't get to enjoy such what is a massive, massive night for for Barra. Uh, big night for us as well, though it's a quarterfinal mm. still. Um, but, I mean, with all due, whoever it is, um, we shouldn't have made that request, but it, it is also Middlesbrough from the Championship. You know, we're, we're Chelsea, we should, should be going there and we should be capable of winning that game with or without... Okay. Oh, so supporters. We um, have got a few, haven't we? Because we've got we've got a what is it? Yeah, I think so. It's a handful. You know, there are people that five about five hundred, six hundred fans will be there. What I can't work out, and I'm obviously no politics is never something I want to get involved in. I hate that at the moment politics and football are mixing together, and that's. But I can't work out because apparently the oh, it's rumored that Chelsea have gone to gone to the government and said well can we give out tickets for free and that request has also been denied now I can't work out as like if Middlesbrough can get a cut of some money and the FA get a cut of some money however it works why can't Chelsea give out tickets for free and I'm not asking you to answer that I put it on Twitter because I wanted (laughs) to find an answer for it but can you understand that because I can't work out why that would be denied as well if the government are so oh we're not opposed to letting fans and we want fans to go and watch football yet they're denying that request yeah, I did see that. I, I, 
I, uh, there's, there's so much going on. It's, it's hard to know um, the specifics of what what's definitely true or not. But yeah, I did see that as well, and that it wasn't even it didn't even get a response or something like that. Is what I read. But um, yeah, I mean, it's I'm sure it's more complicated than I than I know. But yeah, I mean, if if that was an option and Chelsea just literally just wanted to have people in there not profiting from it. Um, then I, I can't see what the issue would have been with that. Maybe Middlesbrough would have had a problem with it. And maybe um, there is some issue with oh, yeah, away allocation, uh, Borough not making money from that. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, <sighs> I'm not going to go too into politics myself, but let's just say, depending on, on, on how this works out, the government aren't going to come out of this looking, looking great either. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I mean, obviously they're, they're going to have a big say in, in, in everything that happens at this stage, but, um, I, I guess the, the essence of it is that there are sanctions imposed on Roman Abramovich and his assets. And, and we are one of those assets, I suppose. And, um, that is the way it's going to work. We can't expect any leeway, um, any, sympathy especially from rival fans and i think when you're in that position obviously you don't want to play the victim but don't go requesting matches <laughs> or play behind closed doors uh, maybe but yeah it's I, um, not an easy situation no i know did, I, did you I, get I, any good replies on twitter by the way did anyone did anyone um, there was a few there was a guy that was like about saying about middlesbrough uh, not maybe getting the money they should get the FA not getting the money and also about well the Middlesbrough fans have paid for their tickets so why Chelsea being let in for free and all of that but I don't listen I I put it on Twitter you know just as like a I don't know and unless you're you're part of the government or you know exactly what's going on which not no Chelsea fans do really um, then I wasn't really sort of expecting um expecting an answer at all I think it's just yeah it just seems to be very frustrating at the minute but I mean politics is never I never want to comment on politics ever um and I think we've you know we've covered that now um Chelsea need to go out there on Saturday um and make sure that you know we put in a good performance because I think the whole world is going to be against us on Saturday night uh, for that tie. But I want to talk about the football, Krish, because um, we Chelsea have played two Premier League games since we we last spoke. Um, I'll get on to Newcastle in a second. But first, how brilliant was the response from the Chelsea team against Norwich? Because it's so easy for something like this to be such a distraction. Although people say, you know, with their professionals, their footballers, they need to focus on, there is no doubt that they would have been talking about it beforehand. They'd have been talking about it in the dressing room. It was there and they couldn't avoid it. So how impressed were you with how how Chelsea came out and especially started the game against Norwich? Yeah, I think um, I read that uh, they, they kind of heard on the bus, maybe even on the way, on the way to, to Norwich. Um, and if that is the case, then yeah, credit to them um, to play to play like they did. I think they really showed players like Mason Mount, who who were kind of part of a massive part of the club, kind of showed how much they care about the club and care about playing for the club away from everything else. Um, 
and obviously uh, Trevor Chalaber scoring as well was was nice. Um, and um, yeah, I mean, it, it it was a performance to show that they wanted to kind of do it for the fans, the fans who have maybe yeah like understood everything that's going on, understand understand that the club is in this spot and that um, eventually they're not going to be able to be present and give them, as Kai Havert said today, give them something to to smile about. And that, that sort of continued, as you said, into the weekend. Um, they're playing at a, a re- really high level, bizarrely. Um, and yeah, I, I think it's, it's the ideal response. Maybe a, a good opponent in Norwich to have, but... Um, yeah, certainly, like the kind of the kind of performance we we wanted to see as fans. I think um, it was it was a brilliant performance away at Norwich. Um, can't really say the same for, for the Newcastle um, game. I think that was always going to be different because it was the first time that Stamford Bridge was full. I think the performance reflected the atmosphere at the club. Would you say that's that's fair? Yeah, absolutely. And, and Newcastle are, have shown themselves to be a good team since since. Um, January and are unbeaten so I mean it was always going to be a tough game um a slightly kind of grubbier game and obviously played Norwich on Thursday it's not a, a particularly long turnaround games coming thick and fast um but yeah I think it became a bit of a battle didn't it we weren't as fluid but um that's when you need players who are world class or getting to world class and I think we saw a world-class moment in that match to win it. Um, thank God. But, um, yeah, uh, it could have gone either way. Obviously, I, I would probably say Newcastle should have had a penalty. Um, I don't think Kai Havert should have been sent off. But you know, if those things had gone the other way, it could have been a, a really, really horrible, horrible afternoon. Yeah, um, I agree with the penalty. I think you know, I think we were lucky. But I also tweeted you know what goes around comes around Chelsea have had some big decisions VAR referee decisions go against them recently um and 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 this one went for us so it you know it happens you get decisions go against you and you get decisions for you and it was actually nice after the League Cup final especially is the game I've got in my head when I say Mm. that um to actually have a decision go for us as for the Kai Havertz one I just can't see in any way how that's a red card I think he's he's not even once does he look at Dan Burnley. Obviously, he knows he's coming. I think the reason why he jumps even hard, like even more with his arms, is because he's he is so tall. They're mm. sort of their elbows are sort of level. You know, they're not like it's not like Dan Burn misses Kai Havertz's cheek by literally that much. And I think you know they always judge it by oh, did he have a clenched fist? And there's nothing to suggest that Kai Havertz is a malicious player. There was any intent there whatsoever. Um, so I can understand. Um, I can understand yeah. frustrated with the penalty, but I, I just, I just can't see how that's a red card. Yeah, I think, I think you're right. I think there needs to be some like differentiation, differentiation yeah. <laughs> with, with, um, with like, yeah, with elbows are such a, a violent thing if when they're intended. You know what I mean? And nine times oh, yeah. out of ten, generally they're not. I think you, you see players getting sent off when maybe they shouldn't be. Obviously, it's painful and it looks bad and the outcome was nasty because he had like quite a nasty bump on his head but I think intent with elbows should be quite a big thing and the violent conduct element you know um it kind of the kind of different to normal tackles in a way I don't know quite how to explain it but um no I know what you mean 
yeah. the same sense that Sadio Mane didn't get sent off at, at Chelsea. I think like there's clearly some way the referee and the and the assistant referee and the video referee see these things and it's it's the intent it becomes quite an important part and I think that's why why Havertz got away with his why Mane got away with his but as you say mm-hmm. uh, I'm not actually I'm, I'm being diplomatic but I was quite happy to see that not be a penalty and not be a red card obviously but uh, I have my biases so yeah it feels like we'll get on to Kai Havertz and the goal that I've watched about a million times um, since, but it felt like that was a really huge moment, a real significant moment. You know, there is danger of Chelsea being drawn into a top four race if we're not careful. There's still 10 games to go. That's still a lot of games to play, albeit our fixture list is a lot nicer than some of the others. But Winning that game on Sunday felt like a really huge moment, just given everything that's going on at the club right now. To have got another win, it felt big, bigger than normal. Yeah, um, at the moment, we're sort of defying what what other people expect of us, I think. And mm-hmm. by continuing to win games and doing so in a very efficient fashion, in a, in a, in a kind of sense that doesn't suggest that they're distracted by anything off the pitch when there is such a, a significant distraction to be had and as we were saying off um, off air a minute ago we have a manager who's handling things brilliantly who is ridiculously likable to people within and outside the club um and that that helps and if can you imagine if if yeah if results were going badly with this on top it would just the mood around the club especially if fans weren't even able to be there to support the team would be absolutely horrendous so at the moment whatever Tuchel is doing he's doing exactly right he's he's cultivated this this culture um where the players clearly want to play for the club and want to play to win and they know how significant it is to the fans they know how much easier that makes things for the fans in a way because yeah as I said uh, winning makes all the difference at the end of the day um, and and as you say, we've got ten games left. We've got a, a favourable fixture list. We're bas- essentially doing exactly what is required to get where we want to be at this point. Um, and that is all we can do with with Liverpool continuing to win up top, but, and City. So I mean, dropped points yesterday, obviously. So you never know. You just got to keep playing for it. Yeah, and, and as you say, stay clear of Arsenal, who've been really good recently. So. So yeah, a draw, a draw on Wednesday against Liverpool, I think would be almost the perfect um, the perfect result for Chelsea in that sense. Like, you know, we're still looking above. I still want to catch Liverpool if we can. Um, you, you mentioned Thomas Tuchel there. Um, I didn't think he could go further, any further up in my estimations, but just like you, just echoing what you said, Krish, um, the way he's handled himself with such class, um, through what's been a very difficult time and through something that no other football manager has really had to go through. Um, I think it's been absolutely brilliant. I think as a manager, as a man, um, he has just gained so much more respect from from just pe- people in football in general, not just Chelsea fans. I think uh, journalists, everyone, you know, the journalists were the ones throwing the really difficult questions at him. And, and now another set of really difficult questions are going to be thrown at him after today, which he, again, he shouldn't have to answer, but he probably will with the class that he has done this whole time. Um, what I think I've noticed, even when Kai Havertz is speaking today, um, it feels like there's a real togetherness in this squad. It feels like everyone's sticking together at a moment where 
they really need to the most they need each other um everyone's in this situation together but it feels like Chelsea are really strong at the minute both on and off the pitch in terms of the team spirit and would you agree with that yeah 100 I think it's something we said maybe like a year ago it, it became quite apparent early on in the Tuchel days that he kind of pulled everyone together when there was meant to be all these issues and obviously winning the Champions League this this squad which hasn't changed that much has has a bond that I think having that success creates in itself really um achieving something as amazing as that I think always will it, it those are the moments that create those kind of teams that we all remember um obviously we weren't expected to do it and we weren't playing anywhere near to our potential um but again in a way that makes it maybe even more special because it's like an underdog thing and and yeah. they all clearly um buy into that um i still think yeah with the champions league this season last season obviously just kind of makes you think you have a chance and again you look at these other teams around and you're like actually i'm not afraid of, of playing against them especially with Tuchel. you sort of trust trust in what you have um but yeah that that togetherness is clearly there i think every player is loving playing there he's he's so good at keeping everyone happy and giving players opportunities who we probably never really expected to have opportunities barring very few fringe players uh but the fact that yeah like malang Sar plays fairly regularly um saul is getting in the team every now and then um i think it's probably more than they expected and therefore they feel part of what we're doing and and i think that is goes so far i mean uh, the level that they're performing at is is quite crazy to me I, I i don't really know how he's got so many players able to come in and slot in seamlessly and then they'll rotate like they'll be missing for a few games like when ziesh was ill and pulisic was ill and Escalacuesta was ill but then nothing really changes and we've been playing yeah as you said till saturday wasn't the best but playing pretty well and and, and winning matches still so you can't yeah you can't complain and yeah too cool yeah, thank God we have we have him, really. Thank God we have Thomas Tuchel and people can talk about wanting him. I can understand why every other club, you know, would want a manager like Thomas Tuchel. But I think he's been, you know, even said, like, I'm not going anywhere. Like, I love this club. I'm, I was supposed to be here. And I mean, hopefully, long may it continue because, yeah, he is, I'm not saying he's there yet, but I think he could be very close to becoming one of my, one of, if not, my favourite Chelsea manager, I think he's, um, yeah, just... Big. <laughs> which, right, which is big, because I rewind, right, to when Frank Lampard got sacked. And I'm not going to lie, it took me a while to get on board with Tuchel because I just found myself not caring as much. I, I couldn't explain it. I couldn't help how I was feeling um, at the time. But it took me a good while. Like, I'm not talking a few games. Like, it took me longer than that to sort of not anything to do with Tuchel really just because I felt so attached to Frank Lampard and so emotionally involved with that whole managerial sort of like stint that Lampard had but I found it really difficult to almost like connect with him and but um I this last you know not even year he's been here like these last six months I just I just you know I told myself I oh, don't get emotionally involved with a manager again because it doesn't work out well you'll just end up <laughs> like Frank Lampard um but yeah, everything he's done, I just think, yeah, he's gone up in my estimation so much. And I'm so grateful that we've got a manager like Thomas Tuchel. And yeah, I think if he's, you know, with the new ownership, you never know what, you know, that that 
Roman Abramovich um, sort of thing of sacking managers might not be a thing anymore. And, and if Thomas Tuchel, yeah, Thomas Tuchel could be the man that then stays at Chelsea for, for longer than we've ever seen a Chelsea manager stay at Chelsea for under Abramovich. So, um, and I think if anyone, you know, with a situation we're in now with him, I think everyone would, you know, he would be the man that Chelsea wants to see in charge for a very, very, very long time. Um, we haven't even spoken about him. We've got quite a way into this pod and we haven't spoken yeah. about King Kai, Kai Havertz. Um, I always put my hands up whenever we talk about Kai and say I wasn't convinced. Um, I, I just wasn't, I didn't watch him much at Leverkusen. I wasn't sure what everyone was going on about. I'm fully convinced. I, you know, it's taken me a while, but I think we're starting to see, I think we've seen little glimpses along the way of Kai Havertz, but we are finally seeing the Kai Havertz that I think everyone thought we were buying. I mean, he, obviously that player was in there um, a year and a half ago, but that goal, Krish, I have watched over and over and <laughs> over. I just cannot. I watched a slow-mo version of it. Like, just, <laughs> I mean, fair play to Jorginho because the ball is perfect, but the touch and finish to have that composure in that moment. So many players would have tried to take that first time. The composure to bring it down and finish it like that was just out of this world, wasn't it? Yeah, in one movement almost as well. Yeah, um, an absolutely per perfect goal. And yeah, I, I, what I loved about it, if, if you look at Jorginho, his Kai Havertz starting position, there's nothing about it to suggest that that no. pass is on yeah. or that he's going to be capable of making that run and yeah. and that a pass like that over the top is even an option. Um, and when Jorginho does decide to do that, I think he's he's like relatively conservative with his passing. He, he's amazing, an amazing passer, obviously. Yeah. But you don't see him do that that often. But he did no. one to Tammy Abraham a couple of seasons ago mm. where he it was perfect over the top against Watford, I think. Yeah. Um, when he does it, he just absolutely he, he's not wasteful with them. He he kind of knows when it's on. And he's like, right, this time I'm playing that pass over the top. It will be perfect, basically. Um, and yeah, I mean, it, ridiculously good pass. And yeah, to control and finish with the same foot. Um, with the amount of space they had, I think they kind of highlighted it on matches. They actually like he he literally has like a couple of yards to to complete that movement in before he's too close to the goalkeeper uh, loses an angle, um, and he and he does it. And it, that is, as you say, we've seen we've seen flashes of it. And I think in the last few weeks we've been talking about him like building up. Um, I guess you're never quite sure if it's going to drop off, but now he yeah really seems to have gotten into this confident vein and the, the parts of his game that have been lacking I would say since he joined Chelsea which maybe he's just been choosing not to do to to kind of keep his game simple and, and not make mistakes or not frustrate the fans and not frustrate um, his manager but they're coming back in and you're, you're seeing those little touches the the flits and the tricks um, his assist from Mason Mount was really neat and tidy on on Thursday as well and the finish, um, the finish on Thursday was unreal as well. I thought really top top bins. Um, so yeah, I think part of the issue is probably uh, yeah, like finding his his perfect position. And it, it seems like it is as a sort of floating striker. Um, 
it's kind of more attacking than a false line, I guess, but he, he just sort of roams about and causes and teams say, all sorts of problems. It's not it's not a false line, is it? You know, if anything, it's just a yeah, different... Yeah, he'd be deeper, I think, if he was a false line. Yeah, exactly. Because, yeah, and, and I think what was also good about that performance was Romelu Lukaku came on and Kai Havertz was still on the pitch, which I think is a good sign. I think Thomas Tuchel keeps getting asked in press conferences, obviously, understandably so, you know, is it one or the other? Um, and he said, no, they can, you know, Kai's obviously undroppable at the moment. So he's he is going to start, but they can play together, and 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 the 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 the, the problem that Romelu Lukaku causes defenders almost there's there's almost two players around him at, at one time because they know the threat he poses. He's a very physical player. That that left you know a big space in between Dan Byrne and and their left wing back, whatever. I think it was they were playing three at the back. Um, mm. But it's nice to know that they can play together or like or just have you know that it's not one or the other and that Tuchel has that option if he wants to to, to play them together definitely and I think I mean obviously you, you can't kind of acquiesce to everything the fans want but having spent the money on Lukaku and brought him back to the club I think he's sort of shown the signs since that trouble at the start of the year that he actually wants to be at Chelsea and, and wants to make it work um and therefore, I think a lot of supporters want to see want to see that combination and want to see them both playing. Um, because Lukaku, as as he says, looked decent as well recently. He hasn't looked like a man completely off form like he had done at previous points. Um, so yeah, it does feel like it would be beneficial to kind of get him back in and get him firing in in a in in a formation that would work with both of them up top together. I think yeah, our issue is we've just got so many attacking players to to fit into the system somehow that it, it if if you're doing that then you're leaving out someone like Zia she's been really good recently and, and Kristen Pulisic he's been really good as well. Um so it is it is a difficult selection headache. Maybe maybe well, tomorrow night fine. given given our position is a decent opportunity. Well to try it so talking of Chelsea's Champions League uh, round of 16 tie, second leg against Lille on Wednesday. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if Romelu Lukaku starts this game. Yeah, yeah, I did a predicted lineup yesterday. I didn't start Havertz just because I think maybe actually he, Tuka will think we're so comfortable. Uh, I know he hasn't said it publicly. Not so comfortable, comfortable enough that yeah. it doesn't require him. Yeah, yeah but also I'm just thinking like, you know, against Lille, Romelu Lukaku should be an equally as good a threat as Kai Havertz up top. It's not like, you know, I know Lukaku isn't in the form that Kai Havertz is in, but he can still cause a problem to those Lille defenders. So, you know, you'd rather probably play Kai Havertz against Middlesbrough now that is a must-win game. Yeah, yeah. It's a good point. Yeah, before, you're right, I would have said Lukaku would definitely start against Borough and tomorrow night is the one that is not as clear because it's still a Champions League last 16 game and a matter of getting the job done but Lukaku is Lukaku is still a, a top class striker when he's in his well when he's he's not in yeah. a rut and um, he would be capable of, of kind of firing us to the course finals tomorrow if, if he did play um, I guess it's that funny thing isn't it it's like how do you know when a player is going to come into form how do you know when they're, they're at their best and I think Tuka will just have to assess that every day in training. That's where it will become most evident. Um, yeah. And 
at that point it, it's time to, to to maybe bring him back in because yeah i think it you don't want to get let it get to the point where it's a wasted asset um we've seen it happen at chelsea before and you you want you know your 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 most expensive players your biggest assets to be to be playing and scoring and, or at least showing their potential hopefully yeah absolutely um I don't know about you, but I don't like a 2-0 scoreline. Like, obviously, it's much better than it being a draw or being 1-0. But a 2-0 scoreline just worries me. I think <laughs> if Lille get the first goal there, then it's like... I don't think they score. I don't think they score. I think I mean, Thiago Silva comes back three, in. Thiago Silva dominates. Three without us replying to, to get through, haven't they? So that's probably not going to happen. But mm. maybe I'm just being nervous for no reason. I don't know. No, it's it's always nervous. You go away. There's no away goals now. That's that's the thing that reassures me is that obviously they didn't score at Stamford Bridge anyway. But the fact that they would have to win by three clear goals mm. is just is just hugely unlikely. And and um, we were so in control of that first leg. I think that was what struck me. Um, Lee actually had a lot of the ball and didn't play badly. And um, especially Renato Sanchez, but he's injured. Like he was their best player. So. That that goes in our favour massively, I think. Um, and uh, they'll they'll be attacking and they'll have a lot of the ball. I reckon it will be kind of quite classic Chelsea yeah. play play on the counter. Yeah. Um, but I just they just didn't. I know Jonathan David is meant to be really mm. a really good striker. I think Arsenal have been linked with him, but he didn't look didn't look. I mean, capable of of causing a defence of our quality that many problems uh, last time out. Um, and I think, yeah, Thiago Silva was resting against Newcastle. He comes back in. Yeah. Um, and then everyone else is pretty much fit, I think, out of the centre-back. So it's, it's they were good, but it's not, it's not a team that I think will cause will cause Chelsea problems. Talking of Thiago Silva, obviously, because I can't go a pod without talking about that man. Did you see his <laughs> no-look no nutmeg? I did. Unbelievable. On uh, really, his face after just cracked me up when he was the camera. I was like, oh, I've watched that about a million times as well. <laughs> so, Chris, do you think Chelsea through to the quarterfinals? Then, yeah, I think um, I said I predicted one nil. So I think it would just be like get get the job done. Probably not not particularly creative, but yeah, just one goal. Maybe Lukaku to score that'd be nice. And that would be nice. And who I know we're looking ahead. Obviously, with Chelsea aren't through yet, but. Um, we both think Chelsea are going to get through to the quarterfinals. Who would you want? I think the draw's on Friday, I think, is it? Um, a couple of big teams oh, yeah. still in it. Just not any English clubs, yeah? <laughs> yeah, you've, you've stumped me there. There's a couple of ties with play, the teams that you would want to play and they've, complete, they've completely slipped my mind. I don't mind. know. I would um, just love. I, uh, presuming that Chelsea fans, by that time, will hopefully be allowed to away games, give me Real Madrid. Give me Real Madrid. Give me a trip. Purely selfish reasons. Give me a trip to the Bernabeu. <laughs> give me a trip to Madrid in the After last year. That would be. I've literally wanted to go and watch Chelsea in the Bernabeu. I think 2017. Obviously, we we played Atletico and we went for a tour of of the Bernabeu. And I was like, I would love to watch a Chelsea watch Chelsea play here. And now that they're through, and hopefully we get through, um, I, I would love that. I don't want, you know, there's, there's a couple of good, I think, are Juve still in it? Are Juve still in yeah. it? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Feels like a tougher game than last year, though, Real Madrid, to me. But better under Ancelotti, I don't know. Nothing's yeah, guaranteed. Ben, Benzema is still just incredible. What I mean, player. he is, yeah. I think, uh, you know, we dealt with Benzema pretty well. I think Thiago Silva did a pretty good job of keeping him quiet. Um, 
yeah, I think, you know, any of these games, our, our wing-backs are so important. Reese James will obviously be back for that, but, you know, not having Ben Chilwell obviously does make, does make a big difference, I think. But, yeah, give us any one, Chris. We don't care, do we? Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, the easy ones, the easier ones, I should say. Ajax, Benfica, I mean, I think Ajax should go through in that. Or Villarreal, Juve, which is, there. that's quite even at the moment, so that could go yeah. either way. So Villarreal, you'll take. Yeah, I mean... Other than that, it's, it's pretty tough, to be fair. Man United play Liverpool. Play, Man City, sorry. Play Man City clubs. play Liverpool. That would be good. Yeah, get them out of the way. Get yeah, them, get one they're, them they're the biggest threat still. Oh, and yeah, Bayern, obviously, still looking real. Yeah, yeah so um, <laughs> there's a couple of easy draws, that's it, basically. Yeah, I mean, I suppose there's no, technically, that, that old phrase, no easy draw in the Champions League quarterfinal. Um, that comes, obviously, on Friday. On Saturday is Middlesbrough. Then after that, Krish, is an international break. Now, with this whole club takeover, with the bids, you know, having to be in by Friday, it feels like this international break could be coming at a very good time for Chelsea. Yeah, I think um, it's a chance for things to kind of become a bit clearer. Um, obviously, at the moment, it's sort of day by day. You're just hearing about new potential bidders um, who are just, it's like names are being pulled out of a hat almost mm -hmm. and and you have no idea who these people are. Um, some of them are, are way more serious than others. And I think yesterday it became a bit more clear that um, the Todd Bowley, Hans-Jörg Viss and uh, Jonathan Goldstein consortium are like the front runners. Um, yeah. Purely because I think they, they'll be able to do it quickly. So I think because speed time is going to be of the essence, so they yeah. need to get it done swiftly, that will maybe be deciding factor um and yeah i mean i think the clearest thing for all concerned is that it is done uh quickly that that is essential and yeah you're right that an international break with the football kind of out of the way for a bit gives an opportunity for that to to get done yeah absolutely i think the next few weeks are going to be pretty interesting as have as is every day as a Chelsea fan, I think. Um, but particularly the international breaks, that feels like the time. I don't know how long, you know, I'm not sure how long it takes for a sale of a football club of three billion, close to three billion takes to go through. <laughs> but um, it would be ideal if there was something in place, I imagine, um, during the international break. Um, Chris, thank you so much, as always. That is all we've got time for today. Thank you so much for listening. If you could drop us a review, it would be very much appreciated. Subscribe if you haven't already. And if you've enjoyed, you heard. And we'll see you all next time here on wherever you may be.